0: Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a radio show and podcast dedicated to the people of our region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Today we're setting the table with the CSA Day. What is a CSA? How does it work? And how do we find them with our guest, Elizabeth Malater of Jim Farm in Rogersville, Tennessee, plus Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio series, with novelist Adriana Trigiani talking about experiencing spaghetti as served at Big Stone Gap Elementary School in Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Also, I visit with Chef Travis Milton a few days before the opening of his brand new restaurant named Milton's, located in St. Paul, Virginia. And I've got a big list of events happening today and upcoming that are agriculturally related. And now, with our theme song, it's Monroe County, Tennessee's very own Emmy Sunshine.
1: Little honey bees fly around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table Butter beans, peas, beets and chard Chickens running in the yard Catfish frying in that lard Bring it to Tennessee farm table Cast on skillets good and hot Watch it steam and crack and pop Cornbread bacon in that stove Bring it to the TNC Farm Table. Pick them haters, good and ripe. Drop Dropping black and candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to the TNC Farm Table. Bring it to the TNC Farm Table.
0: Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA for short. That is one of our topics here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Our first guest is Elizabeth Malater from Gem Farm in Rogersville, Tennessee. She and her family own and run this farm, and while they are not offering a CSA this year, she's gonna describe to us what a CSA is and generally how it works. So let's hear from Elizabeth now and have her describe to us how a CSA works might not know what a CSA is just a Well, the letters CSA stand for Community Supported Agriculture and the theory is that you pay us a little bit in advance, maybe a month or six weeks in advance, two months possibly, to help us get our season started because there are lots of things that have to be bought before anything can be produced. And... In return, we obligate ourselves to provide you with a certain amount of food that's pre-agreed. You know, we we arrange that in advance. Um, But we set a period of time, five or six months, and for each of these months, we're going to deliver a certain amount of food to you. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Elizabeth Malater from Jim Farm in Rogersville, Tennessee. On the topic of community-supported agriculture. If you're interested in learning more about CSAs in our area, meeting farmers, and comparing CSAs and what they offer and possibly to sign up for one, there will be a CSA Fair in Knoxville on Monday March 19th at Whole Foods on Paper Mill. This event is brought to you by Nourish Knoxville and the Knox County Health Department. There is no cost to attend this event, and it takes place at 3 p.m. Details about this event at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says Listen to the Show. In coming up, we get to hear from Fred Sossman of Johnson City, Tennessee with his potluck radio segment, featuring novelist Adriana Trajani talking about experiencing spaghetti as served at Big Stone Gap Elementary School in Big Stone Gap, Virginia.
2: This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. When novelist Adriana Trigiani and her Italian-American family moved from Pennsylvania to Big Stone Gap, Virginia, there were some cultural adjustments, especially at Big Stone Gap Elementary School.
3: You know, we were all excited because they said we were having spaghetti, and so this meant we were going to have Italian, which we were very thrilled about. So we go into the cafeteria, and the noodles were very short. That was the first thing. They were shaped like spaghetti, but they were so boiled you could see through them. Al dente was not in the lexicon, and they were rinsed, which we never do. We strain them and get all the liquid off of them, but if you rinse your noodles after you've boiled them, it takes the flavor out, and then they don't hold the sauce. You want them hot to hold the sauce. And My mother talks about, in her family, it was al chuto, which meant more dry, but It it would just hold that sauce and kind of make a drier thing. Okay, well, we get to the cafeteria, and it's like spaghetti day. And so it's these noodles boiled till they're transparent, and on top of it was basically chili. It had nothing to do with spaghetti as we knew it and so we tried to tell the kids well this isn't really exactly what it is and then through the years enough people came over and ate that they got the gist of what real italian food was now my grandmother when she got out of her car in big stone Gap for the first time said you know it's very pretty here but i can't live in a place where they don't make cheese she would get fresh ricotta like when it was made and mozzarella and the knots right near her house in pennsylvania so we had to really improvise cheese was the big one we froze grated cheese that we brought down. My mother would portion that out. And my grandmother, we never used tomatoes from a can. She canned enough tomatoes from summer to summer for, for her four
2: children. Adriana Trajani's parents loved Southwest Virginia and never left it. I'm Fred Sausman.
1: This is Kaylee Hyatt of the Knoxville Permaculture Guild at knoxvillepermacultureguild.net and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table.
0: Coming up, I visit with Appalachian food cook and chef Travis Milton at his brand new restaurant named Milton's. Travis Milton is, to quote Alan Benton, a red hot chef. He's been very busy cooking up Appalachian foods in opening restaurants, and what we're about to hear is a visit I had with him that I recorded February 9th upon the occasion of the opening of his brand new restaurant named Milton's, located in St. Paul, Virginia. We're going to hear about the concept of this restaurant and what drives Travis in his endeavors right now. Lord have mercy, we're sitting here talking with Travis Milton.
2: It finally <laughs> happened. We've been talking about this for like three years. I know. Yeah. It's so
0: good to see you. You too. You're in the kitchen at Milton's. And you just sat down. This is probably the first time you've sat down since you got up this morning. I think
2: I've had about five and a half hours of sleep in the past four days.
0: Oh my goodness.
2: It's oh worth my it. goodness. You know.
0: It's well it's a beautiful drive up this way. It is. This beautiful in
2: Bristol? It. I love it every day.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, here you are in St. Paul. Yep. And uh, is this your hometown?
2: Uh I'm I'm a mile and three quarters from my hometown. Okay. Castlewood. You pass through Castlewood on your way here from Bristol. It's and you would blink if or you would miss it if you blinked. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's two red lights that are about a hundred feet away from each other, and Man. that's it. Yep.
0: Well, um, you, you're a big deal in this uh, whole Appalachian food deal going on right now, and how did it get like that? Do you know?
2: I have no idea. Um, <laughs> believe you me, I I have no idea. But I think one of the biggest things was uh, there's a lot of people doing. A lot of really awesome cooks, really awesome chefs, doing a lot of cool stuff in Appalachian food, and I think, I think that's what did it. Was uh, you know people people finally recognizing because it wasn't just a couple people in small spots. It was you know you've got you've got people like uh, Shelley down at Dancing Bear. You got people like Mike Costello in West Virginia. You've got you've got all these people that are just doing super cool stuff with with the food and and really respecting the roots of it in Appalachia, and it really shines through and people. I think people are now starting to recognize that
0: absolutely well and here you are this is called milton's for your last name yep and it's a beautiful place in here and um what's the what's the food gonna be like
2: um the way i the way i describe it is it's kind of my homage to to the old roadside greasy spoons throughout appalachia that you, you would find um it's kind of you know i grew up in you know i i always thought it was a very derogatory term when i was a kid growing up in my grandparents restaurant uh you know s- some people would call it a gr- greasy spoon or, or my, my grandparents were would referred to it as a greasy spoon and um you know I, I that was the foundation of like my my knowledge of cooking and you know it's a big part of why i love appalachian food and being down here and it's what got me you know got the passion under me of wanting to cook so it's kind of my my homage to that with you know my my experience is kind of intermixed in so mm-hmm. um it's a little quirky it's a little fun it's a little different but it's it's all things that you're familiar with just done in a little bit of a more modern manner it's mm-hmm. still working with the old with the the heritage stuff i mean I, when you walk back there I, i'm sure you saw the huge candy roaster that i've got sitting back there and um i just finished cooking two pots of leather britches and um so it's it's just looking at those things and cooking them and a slightly different way, just just a little bit different point of view. Not as far as it would be at shovel and pick eventually, but just a little bit more of a fun version. But yeah, I mean, the kitchen, it's... Uh, this this entire restaurant as a whole, like... It, it's been one of the coolest things about it is I've, I've been here for a couple months, like solid here every day, and I've been able to to, to be around the, the construction crews and the people that, are, that actually translated what was in my head into real life and that's you know I, I've, I've opened you know my own restaurant before but wasn't really in that kind in this kind of situation and being with them and seeing them putting you know all this effort and this heart and soul and working these long hours to make sure that this place is what is somehow articulated out of my head that I think that's the coolest part of it all um, you know it's been amazing we've been able to you know create some jobs for some people down here um it's it's just more than i more than i even thought going into it so
0: well it seems like you are this really talented man who makes great food but it seems to me that you just want to make where you're from better i
2: just i that's that's been one that's been one of the things i mean i uh you know, I, I, Ronnie Ronnie talks about the hillbilly diaspora you know quite often and, and I was kind of a part of that as well and that you know I grew up here and I left but and and came back like like a lot of my, my friends and um, you know I think you, you really gain an appreciation from where you come from and and the people there when, when you do go away I think that's probably true in most everything in life but um, and you know this is something that I feel strongly that that since appalachian food you know appalachian food is it's a lot of these these vegetables it's it's inherently ours you know it's 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 not really a part of you know, a lot of these things aren't found in a lot of the other parts of the cuisine of the south um you know our, our climate's different our our seasons are different our terroir's different you know these are things that that we own and and I talk a lot about extractive industries and reversing extraction in appalachia and and you know, I don't, I don't claim to say that that the foodways of Appalachia is the answer to to that to reversing that extraction and, and getting some some really cool economic development. But I think it's a, I think it's a part of it. I think it's something that we can own and be proud of, and you know, do good with, and, and help the people of, of you know here. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's it's you know, I really feel strongly about that.
0: That's what drives me
2: yeah I mean that's that's it's it's great and and most I I, I think we're all lucky in that you know a lot of us know each other and that's I think that's we just kind of gravitated towards each other somehow or or the world spun and pushed us all together because we were all you know that's we all were kind of thinking that way and it's it's super amazing and insanely rewarding um, to see that other people are thinking that way and are pushing forward. And, and you know, I, 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 think it's, I think it's going to be something cool, and I think it's going to do some good. I do, too. If you
0: just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we're visiting with Chef Travis Milton. It's good to have your good company here today, and we thank you for tuning in. Now let's return to Travis and hear more specifically about the food he's cooking up there at Milton's. Well, Some people just kind of stalk you and love your food so much and every little thing you do that's new, they just have to try. <laughs> you know? And so up here in St. Paul, this is a big deal. This is yeah. your restaurant. Yep. If one of these people were coming here and they love you to pieces, they love your whole concept. What are some good staple things you know are, are going to be on that menu that they can find?
2: Um, I'll have leather britches as often as I can. Um, uh, people really like a candy roaster dish that I do. I roast it, and it's with pink peppercorn meringue and mint and coffee. And um, but I mean, we'll, I, I I don't really know. I mean, we're we're having fun with it right now. I mean, we're back there, and we're all, you know, I'm 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 insanely thrilled and amazed by the amazing staff that i've got back there with me and we're all back there just putting our heads together of of what we want to do with these ingredients and stuff like we're back there making uh turnip greens with colt 45 and kimchi that we had we made you know we're we're doing stuff that people are familiar with but just in a really fun crazy cool way um and i think that's the the, that's i think we'll arrive at those kind of things and and i think one of them is definitely going to be the uh the chicken fried steak we're doing here we're doing the chicken-fried New York strip and we we uh, take and we, we vacuum pack it with lots of fermented garlic and, and fresh herbs from um, down around and down everywhere from or all the way from here down to Asheville I'm getting people bringing me herbs and stuff and um, lots of onions and butter and a little bit of uh, buttermilk whey and uh, then we sous vide it um, for a while so it gets like an in, infuses all those flavors it gets a nice medium rare then we bread it and then we pan fry it to, to temperature to order and then we coat it with Benton's bacon gravy and a little bit of pickled onion because it's super rich. But uh, you know, I, I think that's something that uh, everyone's been asking me about that because that's uh, something that people somehow found out about. But uh, I think that one's going to take off pretty well.
0: Sounds
2: awful. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
0: not fit to eat. Uh-uh, not at all. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm excited to eat one right now if I, I can. Well, my
0: goodness. So Travis Milton, Milton's Restaurant, St. Yep. Paul, Virginia. Yep. That there it is. Deals. It's a reality now. It is. Yep. It's, it's wild. You're yep. the busiest man in show
2: business, I think. Um, uh, opening three in a in a 14 to 16 month period is not. <laughs> it, I don't know if it was it was either the most brilliant thing for me to do or the the not the most brilliant thing to do. But either way, I'm I'm doing it, and uh, I kind of thought about it like the way. Uh, my parents talked about having kids they were like we wanted to knock them out you know get, get you and your brother out of the way real quick back to back so and and go and I was like oh let's these are kinda my babies so I'll, I'll, I'll do the same thing
0: <laughs> Well, you've referred to leather bridges. can you tell people what they are if they don't know what they are?
2: Absolutely I usually call them shuck beans but uh I bounce back and forth um, the the okay. le- the leather britches or the shuck beans that I do um, in our family. A lot a lot of families prefer different heirloom beans to others. And in our family, we uh, we like to use uh, typically snowball greasy beans. Um, and uh, you take them, and uh, if if you ever walk into my house, you'll see this completely very real and evidenced everywhere. You string them up like popcorn, and you hang them out, and, uh, and you let them dry at the at the end of the harvest, and um, a lot of different chemical reactions occur, and uh, ambient yeast in the air attaches to the exterior of the bean while it's drying, and you end up with just this super awesome, beefy, pork roasty kind of flavor coming out of this humble little awesome bean. And it's, for me, it's kind of like the mascot of Appalachian food because it's just it's just this, this humble, humble little bean that just. Packs a huge wallop and surprises the crap out of you. How amazing it is, mm-hmm. if you uh, if, if you underestimate it. So. And
0: don't they look beautiful hanging up?
2: They do. My my wife's not the biggest fan of it, but I think they look great.
0: Well, it gets in the way when she's trying to get clothes in the dryer. When they're well, all over the I bed. also
2: have them hanging from like my kitchen fan. I've got a <laughs> hanging over my my dining room table. They're they're everywhere in my house.
0: <laughs> well, as. People might would expect, so you're living it. That's a good thing. Yep, that's
2: good. To death. Yep.
0: So, um, if you had to, you're on the gallows. You've done wrong. What's your last meal in testament?
2: Um, I typically say soup beans and cornbread, but I feel like I'm not the first one to say that on this. P- I'll say soup beans, soup beans, cornbread, and chow chow. I have to have my chow chow. Yeah.
0: Do you like a sweet chow chow or a hot? I like I like spicy chow chow. Chow chow, yeah, yeah. I bet you make some decent
2: chow chow yourself. Not too bad. I get in arguments with people about chow chow sometimes. There's people. There's some people that they call it uh, corn relish, or some people call it chow chow. Some people that do chow chow and it's it's a lily, and then some people that do a lily and it's chow chow. It's 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 one another part of, of Appalachian culture. You know, is it's different places had different traditions and um sometimes people like to butt heads with it
0: like getting it's like nope that's yeah
2: that's not chow chow that's my memo had the best chow chow and it's not like that it's a lot of people in virginia will will not like hearing this but i actually live in tennessee now but my restaurant will still be on the virginia side of bristol so i i I will still be doing virginia food but
0: well we're all neighbors i agree
2: and that neighbors should help each other out amen Mm -hmm.
0: Travis Milton. Thanks for sparing some time on one of the busiest days of your life.
2: You are not lying, but but my pleasure, Amy. I'm glad that we I'm glad that we finally got to do this.
0: Same here. Awesome. Same here. Oh yeah. You
2: don't you know, have no thanking me.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we've just had a visit with Chef Travis Milton. More information about Milton's restaurant online through Facebook by searching Milton's 2017, or for links and contact information on all my guests and topics, I posted that information on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com, under the link that says listen to the show. And now, here's a big list of things happening today and upcoming that are agriculturally related. The CAC Beardsley Community Farm in Knoxville will host a February Workday today, followed at the end by a seed swap. This event readies the garden for the upcoming season and takes place today between the hours of 12 noon until 3 pm. Bring a water bottle, a pair of gloves, and wear closed-toed shoes. Brenna Wright, owner of Knoxville's neighborhood farm, Abbey Fields, leads a workshop today explaining how to successfully grow your plants from seed. Which plants can be grown most successfully from seed? When should you transplant your indoor seedlings into the ground? When should you direct sow? And Brenna will explain the basics and share her personal experiences of growing plants from seed in East Tennessee. This workshop takes place today February 24th from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. at Stanley's Greenhouse in Knoxville. Iams Nature Center is hosting a DIY workshop on how to build bluebird boxes tomorrow February 25th from 2 p.m. until 4 p.m. at Iams Nature Center in Knoxville. This is a ticketed event and you must pre-register online to attend. Century Harvest Farms Foundation and Sugar Mamas will host a Sponsor of Farmer fundraiser today at Sugar Mamas, located at 135 South Gay Street in Knoxville. With your help, you can plant a seed of hope and grow change for an individual living with limited resources with your donation and Century Harvest Farms Foundation program called From the Ground Up. This event takes place today from 11 until 5 p.m. Nourish Knoxville will host their third annual Winter Warmer fundraiser Friday, March the 2nd, from 6:30 p.m. until 10 p.m. at the Standard in Knoxville. The menu will be a celebration of winter harvest in East Tennessee, featuring locally sourced ingredients prepared by Knox Mason and Amelia Chef, Matt Gallagher and crew. Dessert will be provided by Wild Love Bake House and coffee by Three Bears Coffee Company. There will be a CSA Fair in Knoxville on Monday, March 19th at Whole Foods Knoxville on Paper Mill. This event is brought to you by Nourish Knoxville and the Knox County Health Department. There is no cost to attend this event, and it takes place at 3 p.m. Links to all these events and all of my guests online at TennesseeFarmTable.com under the link that says Listen to the Show. you so much for your great company here today on the tennessee farm table hope you can join us again right back here next saturday at 9 a.m on the radio dial at wdvx.com out in knoxville or anytime on our podcast tennesseefarmtable.com our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at emmysunshine.com That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on tennesseefarmtable.com, and please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.